All right, as you know that uh, the FA Cup was the first of football's great competitions, provided the blueprint as well uh, for structuring the game in more formal fashion and has proved to be uh, both at home as well as abroad organized football's founding father. Now, more than simply the showpiece occasion, uh, while we bring down the curtain on English season, it also became the world's cup final, the best loved and the most watched domestic game on earth and a fixture that people all over the planet uh, would do anything that they could to catch. Now, to Tonight, we're going to be catching up with uh, the renowned uh, football writer in the UK uh, who has covered numerous FA Cups. Uh, in his career, he was named the Specialist Correspondent of the Year at the British Sports Journalism Awards back in 2004, 2009, 2010, as well as 2013, and also Football Writer of the Year in 2016. And in 2010, he was also named among the top 10 most influential sports writers in Britain by the trade publication, uh, the Press Gazette. Henry Winter of The Times, the Chief Football Writer. Thank you so much uh, for allowing us a little bit of your time and for parking on the side of the road uh, to indulge us. Thank you so much, Henry. Hi, how are you? I am very, very well. Very honored to be chatting to you. And just quick thoughts, though, on the FA Cup. Uh, for you so far, you're having to reflect back the season. What's really stood out for you? Wow. Um, the, the fact that it still matters. I mean, you know, we live in a... We live in a world where the Champions League is king, where international football, particularly with England, has become so uh, so important again. Where the, the race for the Premier League got a really exciting race with obviously Liverpool and Manchester City vying for the title. Tottenham still sort of dreaming of hanging in there, but the FA Cup is still there. It's still beating. It's still in the sort of you know the hearts of uh, romantics, but also in the in the minds of some of the sort of financial people within the game who realise how important it is. If you're, not, if you're not going to get a chance of finishing in the European positions or competing for, for the Premier League, and you're also maybe a mid-ranking Premier League team, maybe like a sort of Wolverhampton Wanderers, just go for it. Absolutely. See if you can win this. Have the day out at Wembley, obviously, with the semi-final there and the final there. And it is brilliant. It's brilliant for supporters. The media love it because it's a different gear change. It's a different narrative. And it is still incredibly special. The FA have messed around with with a trophy. They've moved the the semi-finals away from sort of traditional club venues. They've moved the sort of kickoff times and everything. They've messed about with it, but it's still there. It's still fighting. It's still important. Just very quickly, though, in terms of that, and and you make perfect sense, though, Henry, because now you're left with um, the likes of Manchester City who have massive ambition of winning multiple trophies this season. Uh, Brighton and Hove Albion, which is part of why people actually love the FA Cup, is that whole David versus Goliath aspect of it. Uh, Then you've got Watford and Wolverhampton Wanderers who seem to have had a season and a half as well so far. So when you put those under the spotlight and you start to try and work out uh, who potentially, possibly, maybe deserves Irvingly uh, needs to go through to the final. Who would your money be on and, and for what reason? Well, definitely uh, Wolves and definitely um, Manchester City. I mean, Wolves have got a momentum going for them. They've got some, some hungry um, British players and they've got some fantastic uh, overseas talent as well. And then you look at Manchester City in the other semi-final. And the thing about Pep Guardiola is whether it's the Champions League final or whether it's the FA Cup semi-final, 
he goes for it. He doesn't hang about. So, you know, that will be a strong team that he puts out at Wembley. The fans will demand it. He'll demand it. And they'll absolutely go for it. And then they've got all this sort of young talent like Phil Foden who can come in and, and make a difference as well. So, look, Manchester United, uh, sorry, Manchester City, one of the best teams I've seen covering football in England in, you know, over 30, 35 years. They're fantastic. They've got a hungry coach. They've got fantastic talent, quality and depth. For me, the footballer of the year in Raheem Sterling, who, who enjoys playing at Wembley. So, uh, you know, he grew up outside. He's got a tattoo of Wembley, the arch. Um, so, uh, absolutely, I think Manchester City, definitely. And, and I'm glad you mentioned, uh, I mean, he's been in everybody's lips these days, yeah, the racism thing uh, recently, Henry, with regards to Raheem Sterling. But he's been such an integral part, both for country as well as for club, uh, but also showing qualities that were never there uh, to the extent that we're seeing them now when he was at Liverpool. Well, I think he's always had those those qualities, but there's been a different narrative around Raheem Sterling. I think people now in the media and in the public, to an extent, have opened their eyes and appreciate that this is a this is someone who's come from a, you know a difficult background. He lost his father, who was murdered at a you know when when Raheem was young. He moved over to. Uh, to, to, to England, and I did an interview with him just before Christmas, and he was talking about when he was training at QPR, their training ground out in Harlington, the, sort of the, the airport west of London. He would get a text from his from his mother or his sister telling him where he was going to sleep that night because they didn't know because they kept on being moved around from sort of house to house. Yeah, you know, he came from a pretty impoverished background, so I, I think there's always been respect for someone who's fought his his way to the to, to the top. I was out in Montenegro on on Monday night, and Raheem Sterling stood up to the, uh, the, the you know the racist in the Montenegrin crowd, um, and then he he put out a, a statement afterwards on Instagram. He went on television. You know, he didn't talk in an angry way. He talked in a very sort of measured, calm intelligent way and you know we're a country at the moment which is struggling a little bit for sort of political leadership for, for for social leaders in a way and i think if you're looking for a proper role model in this country within football and outside of football yeah. a lot of people are looking to raheem sterling all right uh, i'm gonna i'm just gonna take a quick spot break if you don't mind uh, henry winter chatting to us at the times a chief football writer uh, talking about all things to do with the fa cup when you come back from the break as well i'll ask him for the best fa cup uh, a game that he has covered and why that's the case uh, you know we talked about the semi-final his thoughts as well as the fixtures and the predictions as well it's msw hashtag msw It is the multi-award winning respected writer, The Times, the chief football writer, Henry Winter, chatting to us all the way from the UK. Uh, thanks so much for your patience again, Henry. Uh, with regards to the FA Cup, though, um, I mean, many people talk about memorable moments, memorable games, etc. You, you've set the scene earlier about the venue, about Wembley, what potentially could happen, who potentially could be there and go all the way to clinch it. But if somebody, you know, one day when you're 86... And you're sitting back and you're saying the best FA Cup game ever for you. Where would you put it? Um, well, if I'm 86, uh, which actually probably is not that far away, I would love to be at Villa Park. If I could rewind, if I had a Doctor Who style TARDIS and go back in time, <laughs> I would go back to uh, 20 years, actually this week, to uh, Villa Park, Manchester United against Arsenal, two fantastic teams. The rivalry embodied between Patrick Vieira and, and Roy Keane. Arsenal were chasing a double. Manchester United were chasing a, a treble. And Bergkamp, late penalty, Peter Schmeichel saved. Ryan Giggs scored an incredible goal. 
with Villa Park, you know, the, the Midlands grounds, home of Aston Villa, historic old grounds, you know, statues to the sort of greats who sort of brought the game into the world outside, you know, outside the ground. It's a fantastic, you know, it's like a sort of a living museum of, of English football and for a game of that quality to be staged there. And for one of the greatest goals of all time, when Ryan Giggs nicked the ball off, Patrick Vieira played the ball blind across midfield, Giggs nicked it and ran against at one of the best defences in, in, in English history. And beat then beat David Seaman at, at the near post and the goal was good and the celebration was sort of iconic with, with Giggs twirling his shirt above his head and chest wigs coming back into fashion after that. And I remember talking to, to, to Ferguson, Alex Ferguson, as was at, at the time afterwards. And um, Ferguson is, normally talks best when his team's done badly and he wants to take all the attention away from the players. But this time in victory, he spoke sensationally and he spoke about this as one of the greatest goals of all time. And he's not normally a man given to hyperbole. And he said, you can put it up with uh, Van Basten's goal. You can put it up with Maradona's um, second goal for Argentina against England. Although no Ferguson being Scottish, he will probably have had Maradona's first goal as well against the, the English, the, uh, the, the hand of God. So look, it was one of the greatest goals of all time and it, it accelerated the momentum towards Manchester United getting the treble they then won the league and then obviously famously they had the uh, the, the Sheringham Solskjaer night in Barcelona with the, in the Champions League so that for me was a game that had absolutely everything it had quality it had goals it had misses it had drama it had sporting respect it had atmosphere the definitive game yeah, absolutely. And, and and surprisingly, though, if not ironically, last week we had a chat with Dwight York and, um, you know, just spoke about the prestige. We spoke about uh, what it meant for him and to him to have played in a tournament like the FA Cup. And the week before that, we spoke to John Barnes, who equally shared uh, his great thoughts about uh, also participating there. And, and just the one common denominator again, Henry, that you get from all of these former players uh, who now sit back as pundits, uh, who talk about the game, uh, is that you can never take away the lust of the FA Cup. Uh, yeah, sure, the Champions League from a, a global or European dominance uh, is there and everybody wants to be there. It's lucrative, etc. But there's just something about the day, the respect uh, as well, when people converge upon the Wembley Stadium uh, that really sets it apart. And, and you saying that that is not likely, whether it's commercially or otherwise, to ever lose that luster and appeal. I don't think so. I think it's because of because it's the history. I think it's also because as the game becomes more money money conscious. A trophy that is simply about the glory. You know, th- th- these these clubs are wealthy enough anyway, but they're not going to make too much more money out of it. Um, but then, you know, you talk to people like Wigan. Wigan fans, when they won the uh, the trophy 10-odd years ago, they, they got relegated the same season. You talk to Wigan fans and the players there, they don't mind the fact that they got relegated that year and they're still struggling to fight their way back into the, the elite league because they had that moment. They had that special day out. They had, the, you know, the T-shirt, the, the, the souvenir program, the scarf. They will tell... You know, they will tell their children, their grandchildren. I was there at, uh, at, at Wembley with Wigan when we had the finest moment in our club's history. Probably the finest moment, unless you're a huge music fan, 
in, in Wigan City's history. So, look, it just means so much to everyone. It means so much to, to the elite. You know, you talk to the players, you know, you talk to Dwight, you, know, you talk to John Barnes, you know, players who've, who've, who've won this great trophy. And it's absolutely magnificent for them. It's just, it's the memory for a lifetime. The league is won over a succession of, of games. The Champions League, although it's, it's special and it is huge and it, it is probably the biggest honour out there. The FA Cup, because everyone in the country competes for it. You know, you can have the greatest teams in the country playing in small non-league grounds, changing in tiny facilities with, uh, with no showers and, you know, and they run out and their fans are all over them. You know, that it's just a special, special competition. And as the game becomes more moneyed and a little bit more corporate, I still think there's even more of a place for a competition like that, which is about football at its most war. Henry, I thank you and I. It's long overdue. We have a, a nice, long, proper chat on there. You know that I've been a long-time admirer of your work. I read each and every sentence and word of uh, the work that you put out. And uh, truly inspirational. Uh, from a South African perspective as well, thanks to social media and Twitter, uh, there's more access as well to the stuff that you put out. And we always remain inspired. And I, I really want to thank you so much for, for taking the time and addressing uh, uh, the millions of listeners listening to Marawa Sports Worldwide here in South Africa and your perspective as well on the FA Cup. My pleasure. My love to South Africa. Great country. Thank you so much there. Henry Winter uh, joining us. Uh, he's a chief football writer uh, of The Times all the way in the UK. You can follow him on Twitter as well. Really, really great scribe. Uh, if ever you were looking for somebody uh, whose work uh, says and means a lot.